This episode is sponsored by Schwann's.com. What are you having for dinner tonight? Hmm, good question. Schwann's Home Delivery has a solution for you. Stock up your freezer with high-quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides, delicious ready-made meals, ice cream, and more. No subscriptions, no memberships, just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years. Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details. So the media is absolutely determined to blame everything on Donald Trump. And of course, they're uh, struggling mightily to try to find out a way to blame the atrocity that occurred at the Jewish synagogue in Pittsburgh, where 11 uh, of the congregants were murdered, uh, to blame that on Donald Trump. Hello, everyone. I'm Jim Dawes, and this is Right Now, a journal of news, politics, and culture from an American nationalist perspective. So, you know, in their determination to live up to their moniker of fake news, New York Times, Washington Post, CNN, MSNBC, all of the usual suspects, even before the bodies were uh, cold uh, there in Pittsburgh, started uh, struggling for ways to blame this atrocity on Donald Trump, never mind the fact that the perpetrator of this atrocity, whose name I will not mention, is a, a, a rabid uh, Nazi who uh, hated Jews and hated Donald Trump, uh, believed that Donald Trump was a, uh, um, a part of the Jewish cabal uh, determined to um, commit genocide against white people. Donald Trump uh, has been, during his time in in office, the most pro-Israel president in the history of this country, keeping a promise that had been made for almost 40 years by successive uh, presidential administrations to move the uh, American embassy in uh, Israel to Jerusalem, and, and in every way, every possible way, uh, supporting uh, Israel and its uh, its borders. As a matter of fact, uh, he is the first uh, president of the United States that has uh, uh, cut off funding to Palestinian terrorists um, that go by the name of the Palestinian Authority. And, uh, and, and in, as I say, just every possible way, been a, um, a staunch ally of the Jewish state. Uh, which puts the lie to, uh, you know, all of the uh, media harping, trying to blame him. But even more than that, the obvious uh, lie uh, that the media is trying to perpetrate on you is that uh, Trump is somehow pro, pro uh, or anti-Jewish, when in fact his daughter uh, converted to Judaism, married a Jewish man, and uh, all of... Uh, Trump's uh, grandchildren from that union are, in fact, Jewish. It's an absolute absurdity, but so determined and and so lacking in self-awareness are the mainstream media that they're still pursuing this line. I guess they're just so feverishly determined to try to make an issue out of this in the midterms that they they can't help themselves. But here you have the New York Times and the Washington Post uh, supposed to be the paragons of journalism actually publishing articles and uh, opinion pieces uh, trying to paint Trump as uh, somehow anti-Semitic and is feeding into this uh, this uh, mass murderer's um, uh, 
hatred. Um, and this, at the same time that they turn a blind eye completely to the actual anti-Semitism that is uh, deeply rooted in the Democrat Party. As a matter of fact, the co-chair of the Democrat Party, none other than Keith uh, Ellison, who is uh, a U.S. representative running to be attorney general of the state of Minnesota and co-chair of the Democrat National Committee, is an acolyte of Louis Farrakhan. Louis Farrakhan is the preeminent, the biggest mouthpiece for anti-Semitism, at least in this country, and one of the leading in the world. He has uh, mosques and churches throughout this country, a huge organization, a huge platform. He was able to organize a million-man march and bring a million uh, sympathizers uh, to Washington, D.C. I guess that's been about 15 years ago. Keith Ellison uh, began his career as a, uh, a an apologist and a uh, a follower of the Nation of Islam and Louis Farrakhan. But it doesn't stop there. You would think, you know, if... if um, the Republican National Committee, or just about any other uh, big organization, uh, was co-chaired by a former acolyte of uh, Louis Farrakhan. The Southern Poverty Law Center wouldn't label that organization as a hate group. So there's a good case that could be made that uh, by virtue of electing Keith Ellison uh, to the Democrat National Committee's co-chair, that the Democrat Party is is in fact a hate group. You, you couple that with the fact that many of the coalitions within the Democratic Party, including Linda Sansour, uh, co-chair of the so-called Women's March, and many others are virulently anti-Israel and, in fact, uh, are leading uh, calls to boycott the state of Israel for protecting itself against, uh, against Palestinian terrorism. They are pro-Palestinian um, and anti-Israel. But it doesn't stop there. A lot of the leading lights in, uh, in the Democrat Party are, in fact, uh, at least turning a blind eye to Louis Farrakhan, if not openly embracing him. So let's just start with this little, uh, this little presentation here. Here we have a picture of uh, former president, Democrat President Barack Obama, posing and smiling with uh, Louis Farrakhan, the man on your left there is, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's chair of the Congressional Black Caucus. And this photograph was taken at the Democratic Black Caucus, Congressional Black Caucus. Um, it is a group that is populated almost in, well, I think entirely at the time by Democrats. There's one Republican member now, uh, the uh, the congresswoman from, uh, from Utah, uh, is a Republican member of the Congressional Black Caucus. But at the time this photograph was taken, every member of the Congressional Black Caucus was a Democrat. And there you have um, the uh, aspiring, at the time, presidential candidate, uh, uh, Barack Obama, smiling and glad-handing with the number one anti-Semite in this country. Now I'm going to show you a, uh, um, a video clip Let's go back to this one. This is going to be a video clip coming up of Bill Clinton attending uh, the funeral ceremony for um, Aretha Franklin. 
Also in attendance was Louis Farrakhan. Did Clinton try to avoid Louis Farrakhan or keep uh, from um, from socializing with him or doing anything that could uh, give Louis Farrakhan the legitimacy and credibility? Well, let's see. Oop, there's the handshake. There's the chatting it up. Taking ahead and doing the whole bill thing with Louis Farrakhan there. Moving on. Well, surely he didn't mean to do that, and it was just uh, caught off guard. Maybe, um, you know, he didn't realize right away before he clasped his hands that he was about to shake hands with Louis Farrakhan and give this man the legitimacy he so craves. Except for this. Here is Bill Clinton sharing a stage with Louis Farrakhan. Now, when a former president of the United States stands on a uh, national platform with you, he's doing two things. One, he's, um, he's validating you. He's saying that uh, you are worthy of sharing a stage with a former president of the United States. And two, he's giving his tacit approval to, um, to your beliefs. He's also sharing the stage with two other uh, lesser lights in the uh, anti-Jewish universe there. Uh, Jesse Heimetown Jackson, who uh, when he was uh, uh, prior to being a presidential candidate back in the 80s, uh, railed against Jews himself. And Al, um, the, Al Sharpton, who once led a riot in Crown Heights, Brooklyn, um, against a, uh, a local Jewish um, merchant that resulted in the, uh, the merchant's uh, store being burned down and several people killed. He is, uh, Al Sharpton has got a long and uh, documented history of anti-Semitism before he was embraced by MSNBC and lost uh, like about 200 pounds uh, and became uh, the Reverend Al Sharpton we know today, Reverend Al Sharpton, my butt. But again, um, well, maybe these are just uh, anomalies. Maybe, um, maybe you know, just these two presidents got caught out and accidentally got photographed with um, with Louis Farrakhan. And maybe it's just a you know a youthful indiscretion that uh, Keith Ellison, the the current co-chair of the Democrat National Committee. As a former acolyte, I would say still acolyte, of Louis Farrakhan. Well, let's take a look at this one. You all were so clear, so wonderful. We just need to thank you. You got to tell me how I can be of service. 
You know, I've been thinking and thinking, and I think we need to get together and talk about also at this meeting or, uh, how we're going to put New Orleans on the national agenda. As well as, um, because we're going we're gonna to go back and do all of this stuff that we talked about. We're going to sit down. Why don't all the Congress people try to come close? Yeah. Come in kind of close, Congressman Green. The big, the big thing is to make sure that in the consciousness of America, such as it is, there's a great desire and will to see New Orleans built back up. It gets lost in translation with members of Congress. Uh, if you take a poll in America right now, if you ask folks, do you want to spend... See anything of this in the, uh, the New York Times or the Washington Post? Absolutely not. You won't see uh, any of, of that on the uh, mainstream media. Here I come back. Uh, because it doesn't fit into their desired narrative that they're somehow going to hang uh, this atrocity in Pittsburgh around the, the current president of the United States for being anti-Jewish when his own daughter and grandchildren and son-in-law are Jewish and he's the number one supporter of the state of Israel uh, that has ever occupied the White House. It's absolutely absurd it plays completely into Donald Trump's accurate description of uh, the mainstream media as fake news. Uh, they're totally uninterested in the truth. They are, at this point, in fact, propaganda outlets, only determined to pursue uh, their narrow agenda. And that agenda is uh, socialism and Democratic Party cultural, ident uh, cultural identity politics. So... Um, where do we go from here? Um, what should I talk about? Um, Gab, uh, the, uh, the uh, social media platform that is uh, refusing to kowtow uh, to, uh, to the forces of censorship, had a, uh, an account on there in which this, um, this perpetrator, apparently, of the atrocity in Pittsburgh had an account and railed against Jews and and expressed his hatred for Jews. And as a result, Gab, uh, the alternate free speech social media platform, has been uh, deplatformed by its uh, internet service provider. And, uh, and uh, PayPal and other payment um, gateways have, uh, have um, discontinued their accounts. Now, this is pretty curious. And you've you've got uh, wholehearted support for this among the mainstream media. This is pretty curious when the perpetrator also had accounts on Facebook and Twitter in which he engaged in exactly the same sort of um, hatred of Jews, um, but they are somehow not responsible for it. Because so you have a uh, a platform of gab dedicated to free speech that's cooperating with law enforcement. Uh, but they are being singled out for special treatment because, uh, because well, because they don't tow uh, the line, and they uh, uh, the big uh, tech titans uh, look at these free speech platforms of Gab and Minds, Steam it, uh, BitChute, and others as possible threats. So never to let a crisis go to waste. 
they're going to use this to uh, to eliminate a uh, a potential uh, competitor. They don't want to go to the way go the way of MySpace, so uh, they're going to use this event, this crisis, to uh, to attack Gab. Hollywood has a really um, distinguished themselves. Uh, you had all of these uh, Hollywood celebrities uh, run to social media in order to try to blame Donald Trump for the atrocity in Pittsburgh. And some of the hate speech that you saw, and there's nothing else that you could call it except for hate speech that you saw coming from Hollywood and its uh, so-called luminaries was really shocking. Um, hatred directed toward uh, Donald Trump, hatred and uh, derision uh, targeted uh, toward his uh, uh, the half of the country that uh, voted uh, for him for president. Um, and it was just dripping with, uh, with hatred. If you're looking for uh, the number one propagator of hate speech in the country right now, you need to look no further than Hollywood celebrities whose um, who's really only uh, claim to fame is being able to um, act, to pretend to be somebody that they're not. Um, they don't have any specific knowledge in uh, culture or national events or foreign policy, and yet they take their uh, platform to virtue signal and uh, and posture self-righteously as our moral arbiter- arbiters, all the while spewing hate. Um, the statements that Donald Trump is, uh, the intemperate statements that Donald Trump has made from time to time are nothing like what comes uh, out of the mouths of these Hollywood uh, celebrities like Madonna, who said she dreams of blowing up the White House, like Kathy Griffith that holds up a severed uh, head uh, made to look like Trump. Um, I I mean, I could go on and on and on on the uh, hatred that's coming out of Hollywood that's feeding into this cultural cesspool of hatred uh, that the uh, mainstream media is determined to blame on Donald Trump. Um, you will see in the coming days um, uh, uh, the mainstream media and the Democrats try to uh, pursue their uh, anti-gun agenda. I have no doubt that uh, that they'll try to blame uh, guns for the atrocity in Pittsburgh. Of course, um, if they actually want to impose gun control, there is a method by which they could do that because the right to keep and bear arms is enshrined in the Second Amendment of the Constitution. You have to amend the Constitution in order to take that right away. So if the Democrats are honestly serious that they believe that guns are the uh, cause of these atrocities, then they have an obligation to try to amend the Constitution. Now, that's not an impossible thing to do. The Constitution has been amended. well, there were originally 10 amendments. I think we're up to like 24 or 25 now. Uh, I'm uh, sorry that I don't know the exact number. But um, but it can be done. It was done in days where communications and organizing was much more difficult than it is today. So if, they're, if they honestly believe that guns are the problem and that the American people uh, should give up their gun rights, then they need to make their case to the American uh, public and try to amend the Constitution. Short of that, they want the courts 
to take away our gun rights and reinterpret the Constitution to say something other than the plain language that is contained in it. So they're trying to to abridge our First Amendment right by shutting down gabs, uh, gab. They're trying to um, uh, abridge our Second Amendment rights by taking away uh, our right to keep and bear arms. And again, they don't want to do any of this through the democratic process. They want it imposed upon the people uh, by the courts. Uh, just uh, There's so much to say about this, but uh, I'm about out of time, so I will take this up in a future podcast. Well, thanks for joining us. If you like this podcast, please share, like, and comment. And if you're watching on YouTube, be sure to hit that subscribe button. We'll talk to you later. As you make plans this season, consider convenient COVID-19 testing from Quest. Get the same test hospitals use without a doctor visit. Simply order online, select from drive through or at-home options, and get the results sent securely to your phone or computer. It's a great fit for your busy life. With over 20 million COVID-19 tests processed, you can count on Quest. So order your test today at questcovid19.com. That's questcovid19.com. Need an extra hand with dinner? Just ask your connected home device to fill your pasta pot, and Delta Faucet Voice IQ technology will fill it with the perfect amount of water. Visit deltafaucet.com slash voice IQ to discover more.